He says, you all look to your opposers as your enemies, as opposed to your educators. This is Talking to the Dead with Janet Kubik. Janet, how are you today? (laughs) I'm good, Joe. How are you today? Good. Good. Yeah, we had a fun fun episode last week. And now we're doing second episode for season two and uh you gave us a lot to ponder in the first episode almost you're giving us the opportunity to be philosophical i know exactly where you're going with this (laughs) king of king of segue (laughs) king of the segues yeah you mentioned to me that uh you may have a philosopher chomping at the bit Yeah, so just before we got ready to film, um, I very clearly and distinctly heard the name Socrates. Um, So my understanding of of Socrates, my understanding of Socrates is that he was a philosopher. I will admit um, that is really all I know about Socrates. Um, so maybe we will learn and I will learn more about him today. Um, but I do feel as though his energy is present. Okay. Um, I know a little tiny bit about him. Just, you know, you kind of hear little bits over the years. I, I knew what the Socratic method was, um, which is a method of, of teaching through questioning. Mm. Just letting someone come to their own conclusions by just asking them questions and, and leading them, but not just telling them information, I think. Um, oh, okay. And I just and- read that he was 400 BCE, so 2,400 years ago. It was a long time ago, and he still lives on through his uh, teachings, I guess. Amazing. Well, and that actually kind of lines up a bit too, because the other thing that I did get an inkling towards is this idea of wanting to talk about looking inward. Um, and you just sort of reference that there about the idea of like looking for questions and seeking information, but then turning inward to, to make your own choices. Um, and it's funny because as we are talking about that, um, of course, our friends are, our spirit friends are stepping forward And they're calling my attention to a few weeks ago when I was starting to think about the show again and what we might be talking about. And one of the things that came forward was to really bring forward and reiterate the idea that in connecting with spirit and with this platform, et cetera, really what is being offered is an opportunity for more information. And as I'm starting to talk, I feel like I'm starting to kind of slip into channeling here. So we'll see. Um, But it is an opportunity to create greater awareness. Um, There's no dictation. It's not about being told. And she says, so this is Myrtle, my guide. And she says, and this is where Socrates comes into play. He was never about forcing an opinion. He He chose to invite others walking to seek their knowledge and then to absorb the knowledge and to acclimate it into their own being in the way that suited them best. 
Okay. So she just sort of <laughs> had that little bit to say there, but it was something that I had thought, had thought about um, because it's a really important thing for me. I found in terms of how I want to bring this information to this world and how I want to share and sort of what I believe my role is. And it's, it's never been about dictating and it's never really even been about teaching or proclaiming. It's, it's always come for me from them with the idea that it's just simply meant to be shared because the only person who can really truly understand the information in the way that it needs to be understood is the individual who's receiving it. So it makes me think of a, a channeled message I received that I titled one size fits all. Um, and all of the multiple messages that spirit have brought forward about the idea of um, our unique individuality and how as much as we have common experiences, all being here, being human, that every single person experiences life differently. It's unique to each, every individual. And that's what makes everybody's journey so valuable and so important. And we need to let go of this idea of, of conforming and forcing ourselves to all be the same and allow for that uniqueness and that individuality um, to be what really shines and, and how we express ourselves. And because truly that's the best gift we can bring to the world um, through our own existence or our incarnation in this lifetime. Um, so that was a bit of Janet philosophy, um, <laughs> but of course influenced by, by my guides and spirit, etc. cetera. Um, I am just going to take a moment to sort of shift a little bit here. I do feel a male energy coming forward. He claims to be um, smart, but he, he's going to shift from the idea of book smart to more of, um, he's talking about intelligence, intellect. He's claiming to have an intellect of the human spirit more so than the, oh, the um, confirmations, conformations, if that's even a word, of the human. So he says he was always removed in a way from the way that others around him thought. Um, and he says, you know, if you want to speak energetically, it's because I actually vibrated at a higher frequency. Or when I came into this existence, I didn't ground so deeply in the lower or negative vibrations. Um, sorry, I paused there for a second because he referred to them as negative and I sort of questioned what he meant by negative. He simply, he says, not really of your concern, simply more speaking to the lower or slower, denser vibrational energies. So he just kind of remained a little bit out of things, so to speak, as opposed to diving right in, which allowed him to have a more bigger picture, he says, as you would put it, that's often a phrase that I use, um, perspective. Um, and that allowed him to challenge what was being lived and the way that society was forming and how society was choosing to think. 
sorry, this energy is a little bit intense, so it's making me a little bit woozy. So I'm just going to take a second to kind of ground my energy or calm my energy would be another way of saying that. He says, it, was, it, it is with this higher vibrational frequency that you all will return to a much broader perspective and understanding of how it is to function or exist in a gentler or calmer way, as Myrtle referred to previously. I feel like we're, that's back in episode one, um, where she talked about that. <clears throat> Again, sorry, my tells that... Uh, the energy is amped up. This bigger picture perspective is going to be required moving forward. We've become stagnant or stuck in the workings of the mind. He says the trappings of the mind, which keep you limited, which keep you believing that to be successful, to do good work in this world, that you need to conform in order to do so. And he says, this simply is not the case. He said, there's so much potential that exists within your existence for each of you individually, but also for the existence as a whole or as a unit, so to speak, that is being quashed. It almost sounds like squashed or can't quite get the word exactly. But Quashed is a word. Is it? Ah, oh, perfect. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, he says it's being quashed because of that need to conform. And he says, unfortunately, it comes from a sense of fear. Um, you have been dictated to through many millennia to this point that there are certain rules or expectations in order to be deemed a success, in order to be invited home at the end of your journey. And he says, this has caused you all to limit yourselves, limit your true potential in order to, or for the sake of conformity, because it felt as though there was a sense of safety there, a sense of approval. He says, but this needs to all fall away. This needs to dissipate because truthfully it is limiting not only you as individuals in your own individual journeys and experiences in this place, but it is limiting the experience on a whole. It's, it's limiting the potential of the earth itself to be a brighter, more beautiful, vibrant home for you all. Okay. And you just sort of paused for a second. Joe, did you want to interject at all at this point or um, because I'm not entirely sure why he's paused or we could just, (laughs) no. Okay. (laughs) No, it's interesting. All right then. (laughs) Just to confirm it is, you said it's a male energy. Yes. 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 That's how he's identifying himself to me. Okay. Sure. Yes. Um, And there's a pride in that. Um, He said, although I left in an attempt for them to shame me, as I left, they, they were attempting to discredit my journey and who I was and what I brought to the world. He says, but I am more than pleased to see that my work lives on. And in fact, not only lives on, but is about to see a significant resurgence, is about to be almost born again, so to speak, 
um, into the functionality of the human experience. With this, I carry a great sense of pride, but also a humbleness in knowing that I simply am a messenger. I simply was a messenger for the realm of spirit and the energy that exists here in this place, supporting you all as you walk in the human experience. At this time, he says, I would like to take a moment to again, revisit the idea or concept of looking inward. He says, this truthfully is where the answers are found. You all are encouraged to ask questions, ask many questions, for this is where you will gather the information that you will then internalize in order to form your own conclusions. But this is the most important and compelling part of it all, is that it is your conclusions that carry the greatest weight and the most importance in your individual experience. Most would agree that in the, re in the past like few years, there's been amped up political division, political debate, sort of worldwide. I mean, people can point to Trump, uh, Donald Trump, but I think that's just one of all the different factors. People seem very polarized. And one thing that I've been finding myself in, in having discussions with people that this is why I know about the Socratic method. I find just asking people questions is a, a gentler and more effective way to exchange information. And so I find it interesting that you say there's going to be a resurgence of the, his, mm -hmm. his philosophies. I don't know all of his other philosophies because I'm not that smart. <laughs> but um, <Look> smart. <laughs> yeah, I know about the Socratic method. And so I've found personally with people, you can sit there and, and, and argue back and forth all day. But yeah. until you say, why do you think that? What, what, what is uh, leading you to that conclusion? Um, right. And sort of getting to the underpinnings of their thoughts is a better way. And it's a gentler way. It's, it's, it's a kinder way instead of just saying, you're wrong. And then they say to me, no, you're wrong. And it's sort of this antagonistic thing going back and forth. So I, I do see a lot of value in the Socratic method. I don't know about yeah. his other teachings, but I know for me, that's brought some ease. Yeah. It is in the way that those answers that you have received are accepted into your being and how you choose to react to them or what reaction is generated from them where the information that applies to you most specifically truly lies. He says, opposition is of great importance. It's not about removing or deleting opposition from your experience or the experience. It's about learning how to appreciate and understand the role of opposition as a catalyst for learning. He says, you all look to your opposers as your enemies, as opposed to your educators. Wow, that sounded really cool. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to see if he has anything further <clears throat> to say. Truthfully, those who oppose you, although they aggravate your ego, so to speak, and set it into a defensive position, they truthfully 
are shedding light or calling your awareness to what within your own being needs to be greater understood, to what aspects or elements of the human experience need further attention through your journey. So with this knowingness, you can ask questions and not indeed be offended by the answers or feel the need to combat the answers that you receive. It simply becomes about gathering information to utilize internally for you to uncover and discover what within you needs addressing, where there is learning present, where there is growth intended. This is why questioning and the methods of questioning are so valuable and important, but yet it's not necessarily the partaking in the asking of the questions where the value truly lies. It's in the art of receiving the answers and information to those questions where the true potential lies. That sounded really cool from what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Awesome. Interesting. So he talks about people who oppose us as being educators. Um, sometimes you feel like you want to educate them. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And, but the great thing is, though, is that if we can all, like, learn to adopt what Socrates is talking about and, and the benefits of, of his methods and, you know, what he's sharing with us, then that would be the way it would work, right? We would be able to exchange and exchange information, exchange ideas, educate each other, as opposed to battling each other and opposing and fighting against each other, right? Right. Yeah. It feels very, very wise. And I mean, it a applied all those many, many years ago. And, and like he said, it feels like it is something that we would definitely benefit from revisiting at this time. Yeah, I think it, um, <clears throat> it pairs well with last week's episode where I think it was um, mentioned in there or I can't remember if we mentioned it offline or not, but or if it was on the episode. But we talked about... Um, sort of moving forward in a gentler way now. I'm yes. probably not saying it exactly. And it yes. seems like his philosophies and methodologies complement that. Absolutely. That's, that's definitely what it feels like. And, and, you know, you and I have both um, admitted we're not overly educated um, in his work, um, but simply from what I remember of what he's brought forward today, um, it definitely feels like it's all kind of in line and, and it's definitely something that's going to be important for us in helping to move us forward. And, and I really feel, you know, we talked about what season two of talking to the dead is, is going to be about. And I really feel like so far, at least they're really coming forward with um, support and guidance for how to move forward because we know Things have come to a head. Things are coming to a head, hopefully have come to a head to the most deepest, darkest extent, hopefully. Um, 
but yeah, they're, they're here to not leave us in the lurch with that. They're here to say, this is why, and this is what we can do to move forward in that more positive direction. And it feels like at least episode number one and two are sort of <laughs> supporting that idea. Cool. Yeah. Hopefully there's lots more. I have a feeling there will be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, thanks for your time, Janet. Thank you, Myrtle, Socrates, Thank you. everyone. Thank you for listening. Yes. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, share with someone who you have opposed in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this will uh, teach them to be gentler on you. So it's sort of a win-win. Right. Um, and go to JanetCubic.com check out old episodes and subscribe to our email list. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> bye Janet. Thanks Joe. Bye-bye.